you're listening to Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast that's changing society by cherishing Scripture. Why do you need to carry an amulet around in your pocket that says WWJD to remind you what Jesus would do? Isn't that the Holy Spirit's job? But it seems like a lot of men are trying to manufacture this difference as opposed to letting it naturally happen. Exactly. And the exactly Bible, right. the Bible naturally changes people and makes them different. In debates, when you get in a debate with someone, you know that you've won the debate when they turn personal. Yeah. They're attacking these preachers that are standing for their liberty. And right. when they can't find anything biblically wrong with this person, they start picking out other things. Yep. And if you don't think that those two things can overpower and overtake you, you're pretending. Right. And now here's your hosts, Pastor Brad Bailey, Adam Capps, Zach Taylor, and Jeremy Boggs. Welcome back to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we're changing society by cherishing Scripture. Adam's back here dancing in the background, so to the music. it's making me laugh. <laughs> uh, he was told he needs to smile a little bit more. You can see him grinning already. It's successful. Well, there we go. Good job. Adam's smiling. The reason he's smiling is because we had good old Mexican food today for lunch. So. And, he, and he ran over a cat on the way to the podcast. He did. So he's very Always happy. makes me happy. Hopefully it wasn't a black Free cat. Free dinner. Free dinner. <laughs> Grill that uh, sucker right up. Pressure oh cook it. Filet it. Yeah. I think it's like a cat, yeah. Oh there my. we go. Zach and I were so, talking about beef wellington. You could put it in that. Yeah. Wouldn't be beef, beef then, wouldn't it? Be meow it Wellington. Be you want nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> it identifies as beef. <laughs> beef. Yeah. All right. All right. Back on subject. Oh so today uh, we are joined with our usual crew of myself, Zach Taylor, Jeremy Boggs, Adam Caps, and the Dr. Pastor Preacher Brad Pastor Bailey. Of disaster. I love what Brother Mark calls you. Brother, Brother Pastor. Pastor. He Brother did Pastor. it this morning. <laughs> and I laugh. I just enjoy it. Because Brother Mark knows. See, the thing about Brother Mark that no one understands is he knows he's a funny guy. Yeah. He really does. He walks up to me now and he goes, Brother Zachary. Yeah. Like that. Because apparently, Pastor told the church that I like to be called Zachary and not Zach. <laughs> so now, True. Brother Mark, every time he sees me, he makes sure he goes, How you doing, Brother Zachary? I thought it was funny. I didn't know what he was talking about when he said that that Wednesday night. He was like, Wait, he says Zach hates being called Zach. That's all I've ever called him since he's been here. Zach just needs to get over here. it, man. So, do you really not hate me? Do you really hate being called Zach, or is that just pastor's thing? He's just making know. stuff up. Yeah, I may have said it to him, but I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I say a lot of things, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what True. I say. So, anyway, back to the subject. As you can tell by the title of this video, or the podcast, or however you consume our media, we are going to be talking about a subject. That is in what we would consider one of those adiophorous or gray areas. Um, it's not necessarily an area uh, where the Bible, it does speak a lot about it, so I'm not saying that the Bible does not speak about it. Uh, but there are some areas to it where we could really ask some questions, and I think we could learn. I have a feeling we'll all have a little bit of a different uh, opinion here, so I'm interested to see what we talk about when we talk about music. Now, uh, I want to go ahead and say before we continue, I want to make sure everyone understands that this is our opinions. Uh, We all have our own opinions. Yes. Uh, They may be differently, uh, may be different than one another, but uh, that's the beauty of being a church. It's a group of people who sometimes don't even agree uh, on the same things. Uh, But one thing is for sure for us, when it comes to the Bible, we all agree that the Bible is the ultimate authority. So. Uh, there is no debate there for us. So I'm excited about this one, guys. 
uh, and hopefully uh, you guys listening to this also enjoy it. So uh, let's go ahead and start talking about music. Uh, music's an interesting subject. Um, I mentioned to the guys I've been studying a lot about music recently uh, because I have been teaching a health class and we've been talking about the mind uh, and how much music really affects the mind, affects your mood, your uh, things such as your uh, heart rate, uh, your pulse, your blood pressure, all these things. It, it can affect your uh, how much of your brain is stimulated uh, when you're listening to music. Uh, so there's a lot of things to it, uh, but uh, it also, for me personally, uh, and everyone's different, uh, but for me personally, music was actually probably the hardest thing for me uh, when it came to living right. Uh, it was uh, abandoning the music that was bad and then trying to find that area of what music can I enjoy versus uh, what music uh, should I avoid. So uh, I want to go ahead and begin there and ask you guys... Um, individually uh we'll start with jeremy uh jeremy what is your overall uh i i will guess i'll say philosophy on music how do you, how do you handle music in general what do you listen to what do you uh, try to avoid in general so i'm allowed to tell what i listen to yes <laughs> okay so yeah. you may lose your sunday school teaching position but i hope so i mean not sorry <laughs> but anyways um i music for me is um uh, as as far as like what I listen to and I don't, I do have certain lines. So I do listen to Christian music, but I also do listen to um, if what a lot of people call certain worldly type music. It's not <gasps> not uh, I I don't I draw a line on a lot of things when it comes to talking about um, sleeping with multiple people. I don't don't care to listen to much of that. I don't care to listen to stuff about murdering people. I don't care anything incredibly extremely wicked um but yeah so i do have a major line that i do draw when it comes to certain music but as far as anything i listen to I, i'll listen to my, just about anything okay interesting adam what about you well my philosophy on music well first of all i want to take what you said in the intro and uh, i want to apply it um biblically because you're exactly right about how music can affect you. And this is lyricless music, right? Mm -hmm. It very much affects you. In the Bible, you have cases in which Saul was, you know, feeling down. He had a bad spirit. And what That's was right. the what was the um, diagnosis for that? And what was the prescription for that? Sorry, the prescription for that was get David. He'll play the harp, make him feel better, mm -hmm. right? So there's definitely a strong case. Plus, there's the case of how in the Proverbs, that there's a proverb talking about how laughter does good like a medicine. Well, if just laughing can, how much more music can, and singing. It it absolutely affects your physical nature, 100%, and your spiritual one. So yes, music does affect you. That's the first philosophical conclusion that one has to come to. Music definitely affects you. Anybody that says it doesn't is a fool, because this is not a biblical concept. In the secular world, they understand that this is the case. Everybody does. So it matters about the context matters when you're using what music yeah you know because yeah. their music the way that i judge music is two ways first of all i judge its lyrics that's the easiest way to do it if the lyrics are encouraging me to do something bad just don't listen to that music because it'll affect you and just don't do it there's a lot of music that's really good that doesn't have to be from christian groups you know um and there's a lot of music that's really bad and that encourages a kind of lifestyle that is extremely damaging to culture and to people individually mm. Outside of that, 
if it's just the music itself, I think to myself as I'm listening to this, what does this make me want to do? Yeah. Or what does it make me feel? Mm. If it makes me feel something that's bad, maybe I shouldn't listen to that. If it makes me want to do something that's bad, maybe I don't listen to it. And that, in a nutshell, is my philosophy on music. Okay. Pastor Rayleigh? Yeah, I would agree with all of that. I think that's excellent. Um, we do agree. Yeah, really. And, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, right down the date and the time. But, uh, um, four square. You know, my, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, there, there is, um, you know the old hard line uh, that I was raised around. You know that only gospel music is is edifying music, and only gospel music should be listened to. And for years and years and years, I had that philosophy um, and lived by that standard. Uh, I love gospel music. I absolutely most of it anyway. Um, uh, you know my my understanding of this issue. Uh, recently, I was I was made aware that there is a. There's a certain amount of endorphins that are released onto the brain when um, when you listen to music that invigorates you in spirit, or or you know has it can even create a physical reaction. Uh, and when those endorphins are released onto the brain, it creates a permanent memory, and so that's why we all love the music of our childhood. That happens between the ages of nine and fifteen. Interesting. Uh, the music that you listen to between those ages, between the ages of nine and fifteen, becomes your lifelong musical style almost. And uh, and that's why older people, you know, you see these crotchety old people, and they're like, ah, this music you guys are listening to these days, I can't believe you're listening to it. And the reason why is because there's a certain style of music that was romanticized in their own mind when they were kids. Uh, for me, during that age, I was listening to Gold City and the Cathedral Quartet and the Kingsman and, and people like that. <clears throat> I did not uh, – um, I, I, I was not – uh, culturally permitted because at that time I was an independent fundamental Baptist. I was not culturally culturally permitted to have an appreciation for the songs of my grandfather or who was a country singer or the songs of, uh, uh, of the culture back in that day. You know, there were some really, really good songs. Um, and I don't remember all the names, but I remember a particular song. Zach, you could probably tell me a little bit about it. So there's an old song called Daddy's Hands. Soft and kind when I was crying, Daddy's hands were hard as steel when I'd done wrong. It's a really honorable song. Mm-hmm. You know, it talks about her daddy. And uh, is that Tanya Tucker? I can't remember who that is. But anyway, whoever, it doesn't matter. But, uh, um, you know, that song was, uh, uh, you know, music I heard when I was a kid, but I was forbidden to have anything to do with that category of music. And so I had to steer away from it. But uh, Charlie Pride. Um, in some cases, the romantic songs of Garth Brooks, those were some songs that I remember uh, as a kid. And then on the more liberal side, you know, uh, R.E.M., I was exposed to some of that when I was when I was younger and a teenager and uh, a little bit of Leonard Skinner and R.E.O. Speedway and some of that Freebird. kind of stuff. Yeah, but uh, I, I was forbidden, you know, and so... Uh, I didn't really have a passion for country music and a passion for pop music and things of that nature. But um, I remember one day, and I'll, I'll be quick with this, but I remember one day uh, this older preacher had invited me to, to go and have lunch with him. And so I was preaching for him in his church, and he said, meet me here so-and-so time. So we, we met there in the parking lot. I jumped in his truck, and uh, we started heading down the road, and I could not believe it. I mean, this man is a living legend. Mm-hmm walked with God for 45 years, pastored this church for 45 years. And 
I really looked up to him, and I just thought he was a great man. And when I got into his pickup truck and he turned the key on, uh, it was 1950s doo-wop music, and it was, uh, you know, Earth Angel and Blue Moon. And and I looked over at him, and I said, are you listening to this? And uh, and he just laughed, and he said, if you ever tell anybody that, I'll kill you. And uh, uh, But I, I was really made aware, you know, that you can have an appreciation for wholesome music, even if it is not of the gospel Genre. Now, I agree with Adam and Jeremy. I think there's some of it that would be clearly forbidden, and I'll give you an example. Uh, there's, a, a again, a female country artist who sang that song, Girl Crush. Um, that's obviously advocating the homosexual lifestyle, talking about kissing, you know. Uh, you know. So, yeah, stuff like that, no way. Uh, there's some rap music that I absolutely loathe, um, denigrating to women. Uh, glorifies sex and crime and fornication. Yeah, obviously, you know, I can't partake in that, but neither can I partake in Garth Brooks' song, um, Friends in Low Places. You know, uh, my spirit will not permit me to, <laughs> now, wait a minute. to enjoy that. Like I've heard that you song. sing that in the pulpit. <laughs> and, <laughs> I just heard it in an elevator. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I, wanna add, I do want to add, too, you know, kind of draw along what both of you said. I so if I was to put it in a percentage, I would say ninety percent of the music I listen to is Christian, and I'm yeah, including I'm including that con, like that contemporary Christian mu- music in that. Yeah. The other last ten percent, I would divide that again five. I would say I would listen to some country and older <gasps> songs, and then I'm gonna tell you the last five. I'm a huge Disney nerd, so I do listen to a lot of Disney music. But how oh I choose gosh. to listen to that music is to I to base it off the me, mood right? that I'm already in. That's interesting. Yeah. Because if I if I'm in a terrible mood and I'm listening to the wrong music, it's only going to make me yeah. personally worse. And you know, yeah. my my oldest brother told me one time. He said, "If you want to make your marriage work, you know," he said, "Obviously, there's a respect for God's word and all those kinds of things." But he said, "If you were, if you really want your marriage to work, mm-hmm. go listen to those old country love songs and yeah. do exactly what it says." Oh yeah. You know, well, the thing is, kiss an angel, good morning. I, like here's the thing, I um. <clears throat> I, I said this to you guys a little earlier when I mentioned the topic. Um, I really personally, and we could talk about this in a little bit, but I, I have a difficulty when uh, people have an issue with uh, maybe some country love songs or something of that nature, but yet they'll listen to uh, some Christian, contemporary Christian music yeah. that doesn't mention God by name, that's written by someone that either agrees with or uh, uh, like the homosexual lifestyle. Many uh, contemporary Christian artists have come out now and said that they don't believe that the Bible speaks against it, which is a blatant lie. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also many uh, Christian groups that are uh, Catholic and openly Catholic, which then also raises a question. Um, and that's kind of where I struggle. I remember I, I do listen to some secular music. I really try to be safe with it. Because it is the thing I struggle with the most. Yeah. Uh, but I remember the first time, what you just mentioned, Pastor, the first time I had ever, uh, I was, I put on old country music in Pandora and remember when came on. And I look over and Jackie's just sobbing in the passenger <laughs> seat because it was her first time ever hearing it. And it's like, I really can't look at a song like that. Is that like, uh, 30 seems so old and yeah. now looking oh, yeah, back? Yeah. yeah. I tell yeah. you and too. it's like look looking at those songs. It's like that's not wrong. Now, the stuff I do try to avoid. Uh, one of the guys I was listening to, 
Uh, he was a, a pretty uh, well-spoken guy on YouTube, actually. His name was Alan Parr. He said six things that you try to avoid. One's illicit sex, uh, that's sing about illicit sex. Uh, they do provocative clothing, drugs and alcohol, uh, violence and profanity, the degradation of women, and anything similar. I agree with all of that. those. And those, you know, I found it interesting. I remember you guys may remember this, YouTube, because y'all grew up, uh, y'all were teens when it was like, oh, parents, you shouldn't let your kids play Call of Duty because shooting video games is making kids become more and more violent. And now that I'm older and have thought about it enough, I'm like, the issue with the violence that we have and the issue, trace it all back, the disrespect to authority, uh, whatever, has all went with uh, music. Yeah. And it really yeah. has. And the culture has shifted because of the music. Think about, uh, you can go back to the hippie era, right? Mm. And how drug use just skyrocketed. Why? Because that was really the, that was the, the right. message that the music was trying to get across. Right. I right. got to disagree with you there, Zach. You think? Yeah. I don't think that music, ref I don't, I don't think that culture reflects music. I think music reflects culture. There's a reason why those things are happening. I don't think the music is it. Music is an expression. It's an expression of what people are already feeling. Already doing. And already doing. Yeah. These things didn't cause it. These things were um, a result of the cultural issue. So all of these things that you want to list here, that, that's why video games can't be used. It's the same reason music can't be used because I tried that. When I was younger, I tried that. Oh, you, you know, I knew somebody who did something that was wrong. And I was like, oh, why'd you do that? Why didn't I press this person? And they said, oh, it's because of music because they knew that that would be a reasonable answer for me. And I would believe that, but it wasn't. Music was not the answer. Mm -hmm. Music is almost never the answer, just like video games are not the answer. The answer, most of the time, when it comes to rebellion in children, is parents. It's not music. And they, they, they want to make it movies. Oh, you shouldn't be watching Harry Potter. They want to make it, you know, the people you hang out with. And yes, all these things have some effect on you, but they're a reflection on what's already there. They are not, what you're doing is not a reflection on those things. So I have to disagree with you there on that one, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I mean, and we could, I mean, maybe we could discuss that. Because it's a good discussion. I do think, um, yes, I would agree with you as a whole, like culturally, I mean, it's up to the parents. We've talked about that a lot. But I do think I still have to believe that music has a strong part not that it's the only part, uh, but what I mean by this is now it has become more culturally acceptable to talk about violence, to talk about uh, these things. And yes, uh, in some lifestyles this was happening, but even in some um, artists, they, they'll even admit some of the like rappers or whatever the case may be, they'll admit that like they don't even live by half the stuff they sing. But then That's you have true. these kids who listen to their music and they want to be like this person, so they go and do it. Um, like I said, uh, one of them, now, like I said, it, it was around more and it, it's not that it all came from music, but one uh, that was big was, uh, uh, it was that group. I can't remember their name, but they had the movie after them, the straight out of Compton and yeah. they made a, uh, they made a song called F the police. Yeah. Right. And, and the whole song is about that. And, and really the amount of aggression towards police officers went up after that yeah. because of the music that people were listening to. I, I got to address that too, man. Okay. Yes, you're right in that sense, but but where did the where did the inspiration for that song come from? That came from Tupac, right? Tupac firmly believed that. 
He firmly believed after the police. He did. He not literally, but he did. You know, was extremely aggressive towards police all the way up until he died. He was aggressive towards right. police. So the original, um, the original motivation behind this genre were totally legitimate. While you're right in the sense that now they're not. For instance, um, rappers like. Um, uh, what is that guy with the weird voice and the dreads? He's got tattoos all over his face. What am I looking for? Lil John. Lil, Lil Wayne. Wayne. Lil, Wayne. Lil Wayne. He doesn't live like he sings. Okay, no. He doesn't anymore. He certainly doesn't live anymore. But the genre that people want to listen to is already created, and they were created long before him by Biggie and Tupac and all these other guys, right? Snoop Dogg. So Snoop Dogg is a perfect example. Yeah. He's still kind of, he doesn't really live the gangster lifestyle anymore, but he's totally into drugs still mm-hmm. and all the other stuff. Yeah. Right. So these are the guys that really brought but the then genre the kids, forward. Well, here goes my question is the kids that it affected, was it because they were culturally raised in it and their parents failed there? Or because they were influenced by the music. They were looking for a parent, and their music became their parent. Well, I do think sometimes that mm. things can be influenced based off the music, too. Because, yeah, I, that's Because where, there's a song out there called um, Rockstar, and it's it's by right. Nickelback, which used to be a band that I mm-hmm. liked all the time. If you, some people are going to hate me for that, but because uh, they thought they were terrible. But the whole entire thing was talking about living <laughs> the rock star life, right. living it up, partying. Yeah. And yes, it was already something that that band was going to do, but it changed the mind of so many people that wanted that lifestyle. Right, and that's where I'm saying. Now, me personally... Um, Who didn't have that lifestyle, by like, the way. I'm using me, and like y- you can disagree. It's not going to like offend me or anything. But me personally, I was raised in a pastor's home. My parents were very big on we had family prayer, uh, we did family Bible reading, but I would go sneak out and I would listen to the music on my own because that's the music that my friends were listening to. Um, my parents were always there. They were always supportive. They always tried to uh, take care of me, but yet I still listened to the music. And I think, uh, yeah, I was I was listening to that music before I ever started smoking. Uh, that music was what got me into drinking. That music was what encouraged me to go out and party because that was a lifestyle that I thought was cool. And was, it was the lifestyle that I wanted to live because, once again, you you talked about the ages there and how much of an influence it is. Uh, that was Little what, Wayne was what I wanted to be. But what what started you listening to that music? Why did you? I never listened to Little Wayne, and we're the same age. We grew up in the same uh, right. generation, the same sort of culture. I'm pretty sure we grew up in a very similar culture. You and I. Mm-hmm. I never listened to Little Wayne. I never smoked. Why why did why did I not do that? Why did you do that? Was it the music or was there something in you before the music that brought you to it? And the music certainly didn't help, but I'm but I'm, I'm saying that it's a real easy scapegoat to use because a parent can just say, oh, music caused this in my child. No, you can put whatever music you want in front of my kids because I know what's going on in my kids' heads. I'm in their heads all the time, every single day. And when we do Bible time, I'm not just reading the Bible. I'm listening to them. I'm listening to them, how they react to things. Every time they get in trouble, it's not a, oh, I'm angry and frustrated at you. It's a, let's sit down and talk about it because I need to go on and see what's going on inside your head. So, yeah, they may listen to certain kind of music, the music that I don't approve of. But when they become a man like you and I are now, you're not doing that right now. That's not the lifestyle that you want right now. Yeah, when you're a child, you do childish things. But, like, the, you, you, can't, you can't be judged fully based on what you did as a child because you were a child. But as yeah. a man is when you really need to be judged by what you're doing. And that's what you are now. You've put away childish things. So I'm, I'm 
I'm just saying, like, like maybe I'm being too harsh on my side of it, but let's have a little bit of opposition and see where it goes. People can make up their own mind. Yeah. You're right. This and is how I what, feel. I'm not trying to persuade yeah. you into what I feel. I'm just want to give up. Oh yeah, a that's what. Yeah, and I, I, I completely agree. But that ways. is kind of yeah. There's a, there's a two sided road to it. Yeah, I agree. But I think I think, I think there's good points on yeah, both sides. Of that I think that's where the where and once again this talking is kind of encouraged here because. It depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about adults, I can listen to whatever music now. It's not going to affect me. Mm-hmm. I, I am a man That's at this point. That's a good point. point. As a but child, you're as more a child, susceptible to things. I'm more susceptible to it. Yeah. And that is kind of, that, that I guess is where my point is coming from in that is, if you're talking about those age groups, um, what they see and what they hear is going to affect their behavior. And good parenting tries to avoid that at all costs. Uh, but tries to letting avoid those it. influences in, and that's why, for example, that's why uh, your media targets young people. Uh, that's why television shows uh, target young people. It's not because uh, young people have the most money; they don't. But yeah. it's because young people are the most influenced and most yeah. easily influenced. When you're well, setting your ways, you're kind of there, but. I guess that's where I'm coming from is as a young person, what you listen to is there. Because, for example, uh, one issue that was big, and this can go in many ways, but in television, they had um, a lot of television in my generation, in our generation, I guess, was they started doing that. Well, the parents are always wrong. The parents are always stupid. And the parents always realize in the end that their kid's always right. And it developed a mentality in young people where it's funny to talk back to my parents, where it's acceptable to treat my parents a certain way because that is what reality is for them. I'm not discounting that, right? But I will say that my children can watch Fairly Odd Parents for the rest of their lives, and they will never, ever, ever, ever do something like that to me. They would never even think of it. That 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 is like the most abhorrent thing in their minds to talk back to their dad. Now I have a good relationship with them. Like they can talk to me about stuff, but they don't disrespect me. They don't disrespect their mom, and they know that. And no amount of watching Fairly Odd Parents, I think, is going to change that because I've insulated them not from the outside, but from the inside. Yeah, until they're teenagers. I I, I can I see the with that too. I can see the merits in that. You know, uh, James McDonald made the statement one time. You know, that he he encourages his he back in the day he encouraged his kid to watch his kids to watch The Simpsons. And he wanted them to see, uh, you know, the other side, the uh, the um, uh, you know the the unsanctified, the uh, risque language, and all those kinds of things. You know, the the mocking of their parents and so on and so forth. He wanted them to see that. You know, I I have not done that with my kids. Um, uh, I don't know what fairly odd parents are. I, I never have seen that myself. <laughs> That's a good show. I know that's kind of an idiot. I know there are I lines that, that I have drawn. You know, even with uh, Marvel. Um, you know, my kids, uh, we've watched uh, Iron Man and Hulk, and we've watched the, you know, the episodes with, or the, the movies with, um, uh, you know, even, uh, uh, you know, the bad guys. I, they're, they're, my mind's drawn a blank on all of those. But where I draw the line with that, I don't want them to lionize someone like Thor, you know, who I think is just a false deity, you know, for sure. And so, you know, there's, there's lines that even I draw because I think there has to be some protections there. Um, but at the same time, I understand what you're saying, Adam, as well. You know that, uh, um, you know that's not the single factor that makes kids go right or go wrong. I think it, it can be a contributor and can have some input into it. But it's impossible for me to ignore Billie Eilish. 
you know, it's a, you know, because I have seen being, being in the in the position that I'm in at a Christian school. Um, you know, I've watched uh, I've watched kids in a Christian school become fond of someone like Billie Eilish, who is just bizarre. I mean, just just really, and and it's the same factor that existed when I was a kid. Uh, sometimes you're living vicariously through that that musician's uh, musical experience. You know, for example, uh, Friends in Low Places, the Garth Brooks song Friends in Low Places, okay? You know, the times that I heard that when I was a kid, um, it was the beat and it was living vicariously that experience because I've never been in that position. You know, I've never I've been, never been in a situation like that. I was thoroughly protected from that. Whether that saved me or not, I couldn't tell you. I, th- I don't think any of us could say. You know whether that uh, uh, whether that uh, redeems your life or or what. I don't think any of us could say one way or another. But I do believe that there are influences, uh, th- you know, through music that can be observed, um, and uh, and and you know, there's. I think I think if the discussion, you know, without you know running running the risk here of making the discussion unfruitful, I don't want to go there for sure. But there are the obvious things. Mm-hmm that uh, anybody would want to protect their children from you know like profanity you know using the lord's name in vain i mean that's just that's to me what is just one of those obvious things you just don't want uh you don't want that being going to the irrigate of your children yeah i'll tell you um you know because there's one other thing i want us to talk about with this music and that's the christian view of old hymns versus this contemporary thing because there's something that i do want us i want to mention that um me and um one of my brothers have had a talk about, but I can tell you for me personally, if I could tell you how I choose what music to listen to at that time or the current time, and, and I'll throw a little Bible in this too. <clears throat> the scripture says, I think it's either first Corinthians or second Corinthians. It says that everything that you do, it's to do for the honor, to honor yeah. God. Right. So whether if, you eat or whether you drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So if the certain music that I'm listening to is filthy, I'm not talking about love. Certain, I'm not talking about good love songs, but some that are just downright wicked and not God honoring, I don't listen to it. Sure. And here's something else that I do personally. And I'm not saying that you guys have to do this or even you listeners have to do this, but I divided up my mind into percentages. If I, if my 90% of my Christian music becomes 10% of what the music I listen to, I'm not honoring in my personal opinion. I'm not honoring God like I should. Yeah. So that's how I, I kind of keep a control on my music. If that makes sense to you guys. Yeah. I'm not saying it has to be done that way, but if I'm listening to, for me personally, in my walk with Christ, if I'm if that 10% of that Disney music and that and that country and old music becomes 90%, and my Christian music becomes 10%, mm-hmm. um, in my life I'm not honoring Christ. Yeah, interesting. I think that's a pretty good rule to set for yourself. I'm not yeah, against that at all. I would agree with that. You know, and, and I would also just add, uh, you know, to that. A portion of that discussion about the con- contemporary Christian music aspect of it, I just can't get into it, and it is not because I think it's wicked. Mm-hmm. It's not that the at same all. Way. I don't. I don't have. Uh, you know, my daughter listens to it. My wife listens to some of it. Um, I'm glad they listen to it, and I'm glad it edifies them. But because of the impression that was made on my mind as a kid, the music that I listened to when I was a kid, I don't know. Maybe it's stubborn, but I just don't entertain the possibility of switching to ccm music yeah um 
it just doesn't do anything for me. There yeah. are some that no. I don't like because of maybe the certain feel that it gives right. when I'm listening to. But the one thing that I hear a lot of, um, I'm sure you guys are all fa- known with these these clips that keep going around Twitter on social media stuff about these preachers. The one thing that they keep saying a lot of that's terrible about the Christ- the Christian modern Christian music now is that it doesn't mention God, and some of them don't. But there, when it comes to Christian music, something that I've learned is there's two types of Christian music. There's one that you're singing about God, yeah. and then there's ones that you're singing to, to God. God. That's right. So. Um, I don't know if necessarily singing to him, you have to mention his name if you know that you're singing to him, if that makes sense. Well, I think yeah. when it comes to it contemporary versus him. So I'm the song leader at Brandon Baptist Tabernacle for the time being. It does least a great job Sunday morning. Him. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, like Dr. Bailey, have a real soft spot in my heart for those old hymns. Yeah. And I think that. So if our hymn book, I don't know which one it is, um, but our hymn book, I'd say there's only about 30% of them that I think are actually really good songs. Yeah. And the rest of them, you know, they're like, okay. And it's not necessarily the melody. It's mostly the lyrics that I that I really judge a song on. Excuse me. Um, and I also tacos. judge contemporary <laughs> CCM. I, I judge the same way. First of all, let's talk about the lyrics. If it's overly repetitive then i tend to not really want to listen yeah see that to doesn't it. do it for me but, I, I just don't the overly repetitive and the sensual you know the uh the singing it with this smoky <laughs> with this smoky deep voice yeah i mean i know, can see i that. like the smoky but deep they're voice. also Lauren Daigle. pastor doesn't like some, the smoky deep there are also voice. some yeah. hymns that are very repetitive <laughs> yeah. but that's a and style thing it's not a it's not a doctrine thing it's a style my issue with some is i listen to them and like i'm just like what are they saying? Like mm. one of them that I just can't stand. I'm sorry, y'all may like it. I'm sorry if you do. Don't mean to offend you. But uh, it's like if we fall, we will fall together. I'm yeah, like, see that how? That's a Christian song. Yes, yeah. I've heard that's that. Like, part I don't. I didn't like, think that was. I don't like dumb. That. Does that sound? Yeah. And, and then like some of them, uh, other ones. Like I agree with you. I mean, one of my favorite songs personally is "As the Deer," and that doesn't mention. Uh, I don't think that the word God is actually in that. It's more of a praise song, not necessarily a mm-hmm. hymn, I would say. But I don't think God's mentioned in that particularly. But what I mean by it, some of them, honestly, and I said this a long time ago when uh, Skillet came out, actually. I was like, a lot of these contemporary Christian people, like, uh, I'll just name my name for me, like Skillet and like, uh, I don't know her actual name, but Laura, whatever her last name is. I call her Laura Dingleberry. That may offend people Lauren too. Daigle. But yeah, Lauren yeah, Daigle. Yeah, there you go, Lauren Daigle. I'm like See, some of these people. Some of these people are musicians who couldn't make it in the secular world, so they slapped Christian on their name to sell albums. That's very true. But the interviews that she sh- that she's had shows her that her lifestyle is not that right. And even Skillet, Skillet was sold as a Christian. It was played on Christian radio, and Skillet actually came out. They went on a tour with uh, Three Days Grace, which was like a, a bad, very popular a, rock band, yeah. right? They wrote some uh, pretty wild songs. weird And um, Skillet came out and said right before they went on that tour with them that they're not a Christian group. They just go and they sing their music, and sometimes they do devotions after. 
Yeah. But they're not yeah. considered a Christian group. No. It's yeah. not all of them, though, man. Well, no, there's way more. I'm just naming the two. That no, no, I'm saying that doesn't represent the entire genre. Yeah. You know, the, the genre of CCM is full of extremely godly people that have gone through some really tough times oh, and written true. it down and saying Well, and here's the thing I tell people. My my thoughts on contemporary. I can only imagine. I'm with you guys, too. I, I really don't. There are some contemporary that I like, very few. But most of them, I just I just prefer like if I'm gonna listen to it tends Christian to be music, I listen to gospel. Me, I think maybe yeah, I, I listen to gospel more than I do to contemporary. Yeah. But when I tell people, I have no problem with it because here's the thing: when the gospel music that I'm listening to now was coming out, that was the contemporary That's music. Definitely, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. In 15 years, the music that we're listening sec. to now is going to be old timey music. That's right. That's right. And there's going to be a new contemporary music. And people are going to stand up and preach about how wicked that music is yeah, that you're listening to. You need to go back yeah. to the old ways. Of well, the yeah. Of the even with <laughs> even I do the same thing with hymns and CCM. If it if it doesn't sound biblically right of what they're talking about in the song, then I won't even. I talked to, to my kids even actually. If it sounds I mentioned good. I was teaching health class, and I was like, "By the way, guys, I was like, I don't want you guys to think I'm just targeting secular music. I was like, there's some Christian music that I don't listen to. For example, one that's a gospel song that people love is a. Uh, oh, I just lost the name. Um, oh, what a savior! I don't like that song. I, I really don't. Because in that verse where it says he searched through heaven to find a savior, yeah. I'm like, nope, that that's wrong. Happen. That is not biblical at all. God did not search through heaven. He did not look for a savior. There's a lot of songs in our handbook that are worse than that one, man. I'm telling you. No, I there. Well, so. now here's the other question. is <laughs> Another thing that they do when people are against CCM is the type of the beat and the... the um, the groove of the song, if you want to well, call it. So I want say, to know what you guys think about that. I will that. say scientifically, the drive of the music and the the beat and the undertones to it do have an addictive nature to them. Mm-hmm. That's why we like so, music so much. Think about it. When you guys would say the ABCs, even now if I was to have you say the ABCs, you're most likely going to say it to the tune of the song you learned when you were a little kid. A, Sing B, it, C, D, E, F, G. We need to stop teaching that song. Right? That's wicked. Yeah, it's yeah. wicked. But there's a reason for that. When I was in college, I remember... I. I woke up one morning and I forgot I had a quiz. It was a quiz, but it was a 66-question quiz mm-hmm. on the books of the Bible. And I was freaking out because I hadn't studied. So I just looked up a song really quick that went through the whole books of the Bible and I memorized it in like six minutes. And the reason for that is because the, the tones and the beats and the undertones and everything to it really have a addictive nature to it and it can cause it to drive to memory. Uh, yeah, so, but is it necessarily a bad hold thing? Hold on, Zach. Tell us the books of the Bible right now. Let's hear <laughs> Right now? Right now. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, and it just, yeah, there you go. Revelation. So, goes all right. But no. But, but is it necessarily a bad thing? Which, by the way, which, by the way, is exactly the same methodology they used in Psalm 119. Yeah, It's an exactly. acrostic psalm, so it's used. Yeah, I mean, musical lyrics have been... Uh, sensationalized in many cases like that. So for the purpose of memorization, so mm-hmm. that that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's actually an ancient discipline uh, that was used even in scripture. You know, um, and, you know, I, there's a song. I wish I could remember the name of this song because I'm not a CCM fan. I don't know the names and the groups and so forth. But um, uh, Zach, you remember when we were at um, at the Single Vision Conference this year? There were a couple of the songs they sang on the Friday night of that, and there is one CCM song. I'm telling you, it is as good as the Midnight Cry. It is as good as, in my opinion, it's as good as Amazing Grace. I mean, it is absolutely drop dead awesome. 
um, you know, so they're 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 producing some excellent lyrics with doctrinal, uh, you know, with with all the doctrinal boxes being checked. Uh, some of them are not, you know, but it's always been that way, it has you know. Been. In southern gospel music, they're putting out some some phenomenal stuff. You know, the Tally Trio uh, several years ago put out that song, you know, His Life for Mine. Excellent music, awesome song. But Lauren Talley also participated in a song called I Kept on Searching, which is one of the most unscriptural, uh, you know, uh, dumpster fires I ever saw in my life. I mean, it's terrible. It's just absolutely terrible. So, you know what? There's good and bad in Southern gospel, and we need to say this. There is good and bad in CCM music. There's some of it that's good. There's some of it that's bad. There's some of there's good and bad, and uh, you know what we down south, uh, you know we used to call it round mouth music, Bob Jones music, Pensacola type music. We used to call it round mouth music, and we just had no appreciation for that. Yeah, what know, I want whatsoever. Tell, what I want to tell funny. people if if we're gonna completely exclude CCM because of a beat, then I think we need to also revisit the the bluegrass Christian music you're listening to. Or you need to revisit revisit. I'm okay some with of that. I don't like bluegrass. I love bluegrass. Bluegrass music. is good, but man. and you also I, need. It's to, not my favorite, but I like it. You need to re you need to revisit some of these quartet songs that you're singing because there's a lot of them that have really yeah, good. Yeah, we just had yeah. Mark Wheeler. We just had Mark, who's an incredible songwriter, by the way. I'm doing just awesome songwriter, and uh, <laughs> he has a song he sings called "The Original Superman." Yeah, see, <laughs> it's, that that's a great song. I love and you that know song, what? Though. It's funnier than it is spiritual. Yeah. You know, and some songs are that way. You know, I mean, even if it's a gospel song, uh, you know, like the old Johnny Cash song, "A Boy Named Sue." You know, I mean, they're, they're, it's funnier than it is inspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes I don't know. You know, I'm not sure if that's uh, if that's permissible or if that's legal you can't, in some you can't places. Disqualify a song for Peter for timing because if you did, then there's other songs that have it. I can put sit down in a set of drums and put a beat to "Amazing Grace." All right, and what are you going to disqualify that song? People do. I'm sorry. It's just that's foolish and ridiculous. Well, I know. So for a while, actually, now that you mentioned that, a lot of people stopped liking "Amazing Grace" because there were certain groups that were singing it to the sound uh, to the tune of "House of a Rising Sun" or something like that. Some popular like, <laughs> song, and people were getting upset with. You know, you can sing "Amazing Grace" to the tune of Gilligan's Island. Have you heard that? No. no. You, know, you know Gilligan's Island? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was blind, but now I see. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. That's There we go. <laughs> Pastor Bailey. You can do it, man. You can well, do it. I think this was interesting. Uh, I would love to know your thoughts down below. What did you guys think? Uh, where do y'all draw the line on music? Um and how do you determine what music you do and don't listen to? Um, I, I actually, I really did enjoy hearing your thoughts, Adam, because I definitely agree that uh, there are multi uh, multiple facets that go into uh, raising a, a generation. And unfortunately, uh, we are seeing a generation that has had the parents with their hands off the wheel, that has had more influence from music and from television than they have had from their parents. And it's caused a mess in our society to say the least so but thank you guys for tuning in like i said you can like the video comment down below let us know your opinion on music um and be sure to subscribe thumbs up if you're on youtube leave us a five star if you're on itunes um there are many many others uh podcasting sites that we're on 
I recommend you go to our website. What's our website again, Jeremy? Uh, CherishingScripturePodcast.com. There we go. CherishingScripturePodcast.com. There, I believe it has all the links that you would possibly uh, need to listen to. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we're changing society by cherishing Scripture. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was blind, but now I see.